the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Recently on Twitter, I was asking some uh, some friends about which books we find ourselves rereading again and again in this sort of uh, inevitable way. Like you read this, you know, a few years later, you're going to reread it. For me, one of my favorite books in the world is a book called The Atlas of Remote Islands. Have we ever talked about this book? I don't think so, Ben. My name's Noel, by the way. Oh, yes, and I'm Ben. And uh, we are joined with our guest super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccan, who you may recognize from another show, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Uh, Paul, do you have a sound? Do we have a sound effect? Paul is nodding. Oh, there it is. And as always, shout out to our super producer, Casey Labouche Pegram, who is pursuing his double life. I just think it's a delight that he's able to do that, you know, yes. and only receive mild uh, ragging from from us. <laughs> ragging? No, say it ain't so. I, I I have immense respect for anyone who can Kaiser Soze to that degree. Uh, let's just hope his French friends never listen to this English language podcast or it's all over for Le Bush. Uh, the one thing about this book. And I'll get you a copy because it's a tremendous book. It's one of those books that I end up having to buy copies of repeatedly because I keep giving it away. Uh, one thing about this book is it's an atlas and uh, an anthology of short, true stories that happen on some of the world's most remote islands. And when we think uh, here in the States of traveling, we think of places like, you know, Europe, maybe Africa, South America, Asia, but we often, and this is not a ding on us, I'm just saying the general we, people in the U.S., we often forget about 
the thousands and thousands and thousands of tiny islands around the globe, you know what I mean, that have their own distinct, rich, amazing history that you will not find anywhere else on the planet. Yeah, and a bunch of them are in the South Pacific. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the, mu- the musical South Pacific, but it's very accurate about the life on these islands. In that they're in the South Pacific? That's right. <laughs> and they sing constantly. Everything's in song form with occasional snatches of dialogue. Um, everyone's washing men out of their hair. You know, their showers are these little stalls with little coconut. They, everything's made of coconuts. It's sort of like Gilligan's Island kind of situation, you know? I right? Have, I have to say, I have not. I I have not seen the musical South Pacific. Well, the, the most famous song I think is the is Bally High will call you. Bally High is like the kind of Shangri La. It's like the sort of like paradise. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. The the thing about this area of the world is that it is populated with thousands and thousands of islands grouped in different places. You know, Micronesia. Uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, where our good pal Christopher Hasiotis has spent some time. Indonesia? Indonesia, yeah. I know that, no. Yeah, he's he's deep in the Indonesia game. We should ask him about it one day. Uh, Today's story takes us to the South Pacific. We are traveling to Melanesia, M-E-L-A-N-E-S-I-A, and we're examining a religious movement that may be familiar to some and completely out of the blue for others. We're going to Tana, a small island in the southern part of the Vanuatu archipelago, where devoted believers await the second coming of a god, an American god, a U.S. god, who will bring divine gifts, and they're specific. Yeah, there, there's a pigeon English word that I didn't know this, but uh, cargo is pigeon English for like stuff, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This God will bring televisions, refrigerators, Coca-Cola. This belief system, this religious movement is often referred to as a cargo cult. And the idea, just like you said, Noel, uh, for, for a lot of us, cargo means like something you would haul on a ship. But here it means stuff, gifts. Uh, So there will be, in this belief, uh, a new age of blessing, and it will be signaled by the arrival of a special cargo of goods from supernatural sources. But Ben, this god doesn't have a particularly godlike name, does he? In one, there is John Frum, F-R-U-M. It's an odd name for a god. Yeah, so this... There's a documentary called Waiting for John, an island cult worships American materialism. And it's about the John Frum movement on Tana. This is commonly called a cargo cult, which may seem like a divisive word for people. But in the belief system, John Frum is a soldier who visited Tana during World War II bringing cargo. So th- what this is to me uh, and, and to many um, anthropologists that have examined this phenomenon is sort of a, a clashing of modern culture with indigenous culture, right, Ben? Right, yeah, there's real, uh, there's syncretism of a type going on here. So the John Frum movement has its greatest stronghold in a village called Lamakara, and many villagers have still, according to a great Slate article written in 2018, many villagers 
in this in this area have left the movement for other religions, typically Christian alternatives. The idea becomes um, becomes sticky because it is a real thing, right? And it is a genuine belief system, but also there's a little bit of othering that occurs when we're talking about this. You know, it's very easy perhaps for people to be condescending about this, but we know that the cargo cults existed before World War II. Uh, one of the first occurrences was the Tuka movement that began in Fiji in 1885 around the British colonial plantation era. And it's, it's kind of the same grand theater written out. There's going to be a, uh, there's, there's going to be a stranger who has tremendous power who is going to bring these this unending cycle of goods and gifts. And usually when we talk about cargo cults today, we're talking about the Melanesian islanders in the years during and after World War II because these people were not living, you know, uh globally connected lives and then in the because of the tragedy of World War II, they see the largest war ever fought by, you know, high-tech nations, right? They see Japan bringing a great deal of supplies, and then later, the Allied forces. So what would you think? You know what I mean? If you wake up one day, people dressed in a way you've never seen, mm -hmm. right? They're coming out of machines that you have never seen. Are they machines? It's tough to know. And then they're bringing tons and tons of really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And they uh, not only sought the blessings and the, the largesse of these items that would rain down from the sky in theory, um, they had to sacrifice some stuff. Or at least they created this system that was, again, this kind of East meets West or kind of, you know, clashing of cultures where they were able to kind of adapt their traditional uh, beliefs into this kind of new sort of hybridized religion, and some of it involved sacrificing. Right. Like what, what kind of sacrifices? Well, um, the, uh, some of the native folks would want to butcher all of their pigs because they knew they were going to receive a blessing of great pigs that would rain down from the sky. Um, so they would hoard wood, food and firewood, and they would stockpile all these things for the arrival of the great pigs that they would then use to, to feed them. This is my favorite part, and it's just really fascinating. Mm -hmm. All that gear we were talking about, all that stuff that they would see, sure. they built their own kind of like stand-ins for some of these things, like radio towers made yeah. of bamboo and rope. Yeah, yeah, and uh, would dress in ways that were reminiscent of the what they believed these other people had looked like. I, I think you're talking specifically about uh, when the Australian government went into New Guinea, right? That's right. In the 1940s, 1946, and people went nuts. Can you imagine how surreal the situation would be? Because they were slaughtering all their pigs, right? That was the sacrifice before the um, – they thought because they saw these forces that it was a sign the world was going to end, right? Three days of darkness. The millennium. Yeah. And then, uh, as you said, no great pigs appear from the sky. And what what's interesting about this – is that there are multiple versions of these of these religions, and they appear to have arisen independently as sort of a, a parallel response to social stress and strain. There's the 
Taro cult in New Guinea, the Vailala Madness of Papua, the Naked Cult of Espiritu Santo, the John Frum Movement, which we mentioned earlier, and the Tuka Cult from, you know, the late 1800s. It's strange that this applied to troops on either side of World War II. So Axis forces land somewhere on an island, and boom, it's a sign of the apocalypse. Allied forces arrive, boom, it's a sign of the same. And there's a story about GIs who were moving toward the conflict on Guadalcanal. When they arrived uh, in the New Hebrides, they found Native people preparing these airfields, these roads, and these docks that you mentioned. Uh, and they said, we're preparing for the ships and planes that were coming from Roosevelt, which was their, their word for Roosevelt. They thought he was the king of America. But they also saw him as a benevolent king, didn't they, Ben? They did. Yeah, it's true. He was he – was, if the preparations were made correctly, then this king of America would show favor to people who kept the faith, for lack of a better word. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day. You're right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. 
How about the Japanese, Ben? They uh, they had their own kind of encounter with this sort of thing, didn't they? They did. They did, Noel. So here's one of the stranger instances. In Dutch New Guinea, Japanese forces had to be turned against the local Papuan inhabitants of the Gilvink Bay region. At first, they had been received with great joy because the the native people living there saw them as harbingers of a new world that was dawning. And they saw the arrival of the Japanese forces as a sign that the creator of their islands and their people, named Mansren, would now return, bringing with them the great ancestral dead. And the religious leaders said that this was all not this was all public knowledge but the dutch were trying to control the island and they had torn out the first page of the bible where the true story was inscribed and when mansurin returned the existing world order would be entirely thrown on its head uh people would change skin color root crops would grow in trees coconuts and fruits would grow on the ground like tubers And then they started getting together in large towns and renaming their villages even. They adopted military uniforms. They imitated military drills. This turned the tide against the Japanese forces. How so? (laughs) They they became very unpopular. They were trying to disarm and disperse uh, these communities and eventually – Canoe loads of fanatics sailed out to attack Japanese warships. They believed they were invulnerable because of the holy water they had sprinkled themselves with. Crazy. Power of belief, right? The power of belief. Let's go. You know, what's interesting here, uh, I think we should go back to John Frum. So we've we've shown that there are multiple iterations of this thing. And right? John Frum wasn't the only deity. It was sort of no. parallel thinking, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So there is a rich folkloric ecosystem, which is probably the most pretentious thing I've said in a while. <laughs> but you know what, Ben? If it had to be that, I'm glad that's the one it was because that is a very smart-sounding pretentious thing you just said. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Noel. Uh, so John Frum is still celebrated. Every year on February 15th, natives of Tana Island hold a celebration in honor of from. People clothe themselves in U.S. Army pants. They paint USA on their chest. They have a replica of a U.S. flag uh, alongside uh, the Marine Corps emblem. And then the, the celebrants of this dressed as soldiers march in the shadow of the island's active volcano and they have uh, replica rifles red-tipped bamboo slung over their shoulder. This is considered the holiest religious service that followers of the John Frum uh, religious movement can do. Uh, And and it's so difficult. This is a big topic. We talked about this a little bit off air. It's a big topic that we could probably return to. There are so many incredible cultural impacts that were made by these encounters with U.S. and allied forces. Islanders were... First off, they were astonished that these uh, that these visitors, at least from the Allies' side, were way better than the British missionaries had been. And then imagine their surprise, too, when they saw, wait, some of these soldiers have skin like ours, and they're getting all the benefits of this cargo. You know what I mean? The food, the medicine, the treats, the shelter, the technology. And in the past, because of their skin color, uh, people who lived on these islands— had been denied any of these benefits by the British. 
and by other European powers. So, of course, they see this. There's there's something aspirational about it. And we see human propensity to create religion. But we should go, you know what? We would be remiss if we didn't cover one of the most infamous examples of a quote-unquote cargo cult. That's the story of Prince Philip. The infamous Prince Philip movement. No, no, no. Is that the Prince Philip? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Ben. It's the Prince Philip. Uh, so the Prince Philip movement began on that very island we talked about at the top of the show, Tana, in the 1960s. They believed that the prince was some sort of deity unto himself, a god uh, among men, right? Like brought to this earth to fulfill some sort of ancient prophecy. And he was the son of some kind of mountain spirit who would – take the form of a, a very conveniently pale-skinned man. As we know, Prince Philip was, you know, a little pasty. Oh, that worked out. A little bit on the pasty <laughs> side. A little ghostly in his, uh, you know, visage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that this man uh, would travel abroad, marry a powerful woman, check, check, and eventually return to the island. Uh, and when the villagers saw this portrait of Prince Philip... Not quite sure how they happened upon said portrait, Ben. Have you heard this part of the story? Yeah, yeah. So, so we know that this belief probably arose sometime in the 50s or 60s, 1950s or 60s. And it really picked up steam when the royal couple visited the island in 1974. And some villagers were able to see, physically see Prince Philip from a distance, right? He was not aware, by the way, of any of this. He did not know what was happening. Until later, a guy named John Champion, the British resident commissioner of the area, informed him about this belief system. And Champion is the one that said, hey, Prince Philip, you should send them a picture of you. That makes sense. So he sends the picture and he signs it. Uh, The villagers respond by sending him a traditional club used to kill livestock. It's called a nal-nal. And he complies with their request to send them a picture of himself posing with the club. So he sends it. And I think there was another photograph that was sent as recently as the year 2000. So as recently as 19 years ago. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many 
different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And there's a really great Mental Floss article. You know how much we love Mental Floss articles. Uh, it doesn't have a writing credit on it, which is strange. I guess it's just the staff writer. or Maybe it was written by committee. Who knows? We'll have to ask Will and Mangesh. Uh, but it is about the cult of Prince Philip, and it talks about how so many uh, world movements, machinations of you know cultural shifts were attributed by these native folks to – Prince Philip and his influence, his spiritual kind of uh, web of influence, they actually claim that his powers gave black men um, the ability to become president of the United States and that he possessed a kind of magic that uh, allowed the U.S. forces to locate Osama bin Laden. Interesting, right? Interesting. He was also said at times to be a brother to John Frum. What I think will startle many people is is to know that this this continued so far into the modern age in 2007 uh bbc's channel 4 broadcast a reality show called meet the natives which i think is a tone-deaf name uh five men from the prince philip movement went on a visit to britain and their trip culminated in a audience with Prince Philip. They actually met, physically met him, talked to him. They got a new photograph. They exchanged some gifts. Can you imagine how cool that must be if you really believed this stuff? It'd be like meeting Jesus Christ. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, it's it kind of makes you think about um, the ideas of various ancient civilizations where there were god emperors. How powerful is it to meet someone who has at the center of your religion? Now, this also goes into an ethical thing that I wanted to I wanted to ask everybody listening about. If you found out that there was some part of the world where you had never been, maybe even never thought about visiting, and that people in this part of the world knew about you and worshipped you, what would you do? Would you go? Would you allow yourself to be worshipped? Or would you say, hey, I'm just a person. You know what I mean? I, uh, you know, I... 
I burn my bell bottoms one leg at a time like everybody else in the post-disco era. That's right. I put my sacrificial robes on with a drawstring, just like the rest of you. Mm-hmm. I, too, love uh, tushy bidets and Miller Lite. Yeah, and pina coladas and occasionally walks in the rain. So, what would you do? It's an interesting question. It's an ethical dilemma. We know what Prince Philip did. He kind of leaned into it a little bit, he didn't really he? really did, yeah. yeah. That, that's almost kind of problematic, is it not? It's, I would say, uh, I would say almost kind of is a good qualifier. He has other stuff he's done and things that he's said that were very more, racist. Yeah. Way more offensive. That's also true. But here's the thing, though, Ben. Is it more or less offensive if it's truly these people's belief to, like, rain on their belief party, on their faith parade? Yeah. Or, or is, it, is it more respectful just to go along with it, even if you happen to be at the center of it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a quandary. It's a quagmire. I'm not sure what the right thing to do would be. Uh, if somebody has such tremendous faith in you, you don't want to let them down, you know? So we want to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your decision would be. You can tell us, along with your fellow listeners, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and as always, we, we look forward to hearing your takes and to hearing your discussions. These are active religious movements. They're still around. So let's all be respectful of people's beliefs. What would you do, though, if folks worshipped you and revered you and held you up as a god? Would you burst their bubble or would you uh, go with it? Let us know. You can write to us at ridiculous at iheartradio.com. The aforementioned uh, Facebook page we recommend you joining is called Ridiculous Historians. I think all you have to do is name one of our names or say something clever that lets us know you actually listen to the show. And then you can be part of a really cool group of uh, like-minded history buffs that, uh, you know, post a lot of memes and ask a lot of fun questions. And we lurk in there occasionally and pop into threads from time to time. You can also find me and Ben collectively, uh, individually rather, at our, uh, our own Instagram handles. Mine is at Brown. Mine is at Ben Bolin. Uh, tune in. I don't remember when this episode will come out, but I'll probably be on some more uh, strange shenanigans and misadventures. So, uh, so let me let me know. I'll also be asking for some travel advice. Uh, and if you if you log into that Facebook, honestly, just like make us laugh. Do something. Make us laugh. We're in. A uh, big thanks to our guest super producer Paul Mission Control Deccan. Paul Invisible Air High Five up top. Boom. And uh, as always, uh, big, big thanks to Casey LaBouche-Pegram. Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to our research associate, Gabe Luzier. Uh, and thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit as per usual. And Ben, thanks to you, buddy. Thanks to you, Noel. Uh, <laughs> I almost called you buckaroo. Uh, but those are fighting words for people over 10. No fighting here, sir. We're all about peace. See you next time. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.